Yo, 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 what it do, man? This is your boy, North End Floyd, man. This is episode 136, you know what I'm saying? And, and I just want to tell everybody, man, I appreciate y'all for we rocking out with your boy. I appreciate y'all for supporting the platform, for sharing, for even commenting on the show, you know what I'm saying? To get to 136 is a big, um, it's a big achievement because, you know, a lot of people that do podcasts, you know, they, they tapping out at the episode three, four, five, six, you know what I'm saying? So to make it to 136, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of dope. So I appreciate y'all for, you know what I'm saying, supporting your boy and rocking out and uh, all those good things, man. But today, you know what I'm saying, we're going to talk about, you know, something that's very important. Um, This is Mental Health Awareness Month. If y'all didn't know, now you know. And so we're going to be talking about, like, you know, some mental health, mental illness, um, depression, all those things. I know you be seeing people on Facebook post certain stuff and you see that they're going through it and, and stuff like that. So we're going to talk about that, man, because um, sometimes instead of, you know, um, shouting out things, you know, to Facebook or to certain social media platforms, maybe they need to talk to a therapist or somebody in that professional um, setting. So today, um, my co-host today, you know what I'm saying, Miss uh, um, T.R. Eve, Miss Trina, how you doing back there? What's good with you? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, man. I, I I know y'all usually see her on the show, you know what I'm saying, via social. But, man, I got to come kick back with your boy, man, and stuff like that. So, you know, we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good show. Um, and we're going to talk about, you know, mental health. You know, I know we're usually talking about relationships along those lines and stuff like that. But mental health, you know, playing death, depression, and all those things, you know, a, a relationship can, you know, can that impact that? We go find out. We go go talk to the professional um to see you know what I'm saying what she thinks about all that so um miss um uh, miss trina uh is it okay if people have questions about mental health or um particularly about their situation can they ask you doing this show is do we have time for that yes we have time for it i mean if i can answer it i will if it's something that i feel like is not appropriate to answer it out loud then i'll either give a general answer or just advise them like maybe catch up with me afterwards or something like that yes so as far as this is mental health month right yes it is um one of my one of my questions well it wasn't really a topic and stuff like that but um how do you feel about mental health getting like the acknowledgement and the awareness of it do you think like people are still sleeping on it society is still kind of not embracing it yes I do, but I also believe that we're better than we were before. It's just a matter of like knowing that we have so much more to go, like far as like how where we need to be, but we still are doing so much better. So I'm excited about it. Actually, I, I appreciate the fact that it's not as taboo as it used to be. It still is, but it's not as taboo. So we still got to keep, you know, promoting it, doing things like this, having the shows, you know, rocking the merch, you no know, mental health awareness, trying to just put it in people's faces and keeping it in people's faces. This is May, and I've said before, it is Mental Health Awareness Month, but mental health is year-round, right? Mm. So we turn up, we, you know, a lot of emphasis, and many parties that typically don't necessarily engage jump in and engage as well, and we appreciate that as a field, but we do this year-round, and so it's just a matter of just trying to uh, use this time when it's highlighted to maximize the exposure and, you know, the promotion for the awareness and hope that that'll carry out through the rest of the year. 
Now, as far as like mental health awareness, um, I see you have a brand. I see you have a, a clothing. And what is that clothing particularly dedicated to? And what's like the the inspiration for the brand that you got? Because I've been I sport the brand. I'll be wearing I'll be rocking some shirts. But, you know, what I'm saying what, what's that all about, though? So basically, um, pop psych is a play on the words popular and psychology. And so the whole purpose is to try to promote mental health awareness, which is the mantra. And so the whole uh, premise behind it was I know that we, especially as a culture, we tend to um, express ourselves through our fashion. And so I decided that I would try to find a way to make talking about mental health fashionable. So in other words, let's plant some seeds. So everybody may not necessarily be ready for therapy, but I might be able to just remind them to keep it on people's minds because that's the main thing about it. If you notice, whenever something big happens in the media, the community, everybody's on it until the next thing happens. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why I decided to go with fashion. And we have fashion and we have other you know, items as well. But the whole point is to keep it in our faces, to keep mental health being talked about. So it's not treated like an incident or just, you know, uh, something that's temporary or, you know, something like it's something that is constant. It is important. It is necessary. And it, it is health. It's a part of our everyday life. Mental health is never not a part of your experience. And so we have to start treating it as such yeah um you know so every you know uh like you know like um, breast cancer you know is, is pink and you know uh you know you have different kind of colors and stuff like that for you know particular things like what's mental health color you know what i'm saying so I'm how can it right now it's green yes the mental health awareness color the ribbon for it is green and so you might see a lot more green around during this month for that reason. Uh, it is one of the reasons why I did pick this color. Uh, I want to say uh, might have actually been last year. I mean, time has passed. Mm -hmm. It was actually last year. <laughs> so, hey, man. So, support. <laughs> if y'all want to support Mental Health Awareness Month, y'all need to start, like, doing those green hearts and green ribbons because we all know somebody that's going through, you know, mental health and, and, and things and such that nature. So... I mean, because we see it all the time. What do you what do you think about, you know, saying posts that you be seeing on Facebook from people, um, you know, because people, you know, they always going through something, you know, and they be putting their feelings on the book. So um, how do you feel? I know from a professional side of you, you can't really kind of kind of you can't really dive in deep. But like, how do you feel about that? You know, people just reaching out and social media trying to, you know, saying get help. I mean, the thing is, I, I, I see it as, you know what, if that person cries out for help in that way, I prefer that they do that than not. And I know that is annoying for some people. They feel like they're playing, they're uh, crying wolf, you know, uh, and that they're not serious. But I feel like if all a person needs to stay with us is attention, then I don't have a problem with giving it to them. Now, there is a limit to it. Let's be very clear. Mm. But it's just sometimes that person is crying out. And if you are not completely 100% sure that that person is not going to necessarily do something adverse or negative to themselves, then err on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so we like to do what they call the warm handoff. So if you know someone is 
potentially in danger, then you don't leave them by themselves, but you pass them on to someone else. The warm um, handoff. That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. You don't leave a person without uh, support. So you stay with them, essentially. And you can do that with your loved ones as well. Like if you were to call for help, you stay with them until someone comes. So on Facebook, what I typically do as the warm handoff is, I'm going to tell you something. If we friends on Facebook and you post something mm -hmm. that comes up on my timeline that looks like you may be ready to uh, engage in self-harming or completing suicide, I will tap Facebook and ask them to check on you. Yeah, so, hold on. you Oh, you can hit Facebook up and let them? Yes. Uh -huh. What Facebook go say? So basically, they give you options. They ask you if you would like for them to check in on that person. They ask if you would like to hmm. help with how to check in on that person and stuff like that. So you can go to it and you report the comment. So I know a lot of people tend to report it for other reasons. You know, I think you might have spent a little time in Facebook jail. I spent a lot of time. In hey, so can you put the mic a little bit closer? Can you hear me? Yeah. That's better. Okay. Sorry. So it's the same way, but they ask you why. And so there's an option that says self injury or, you know, uh, suicide, something like that along those lines. And mm. so it's not a, I got you. It's not to get the person in trouble. It's not a trouble thing at all, but they will check in with them because I feel like one, I can't save everybody. And I don't even want to do that because then I won't be on social media because that'll make me feel like I'm liable. If I don't do something as a professional. So that's the weird part for me, unfortunately, is that I am a professional. And if I see somebody indicating they want to hurt themselves, I won't necessarily get in trouble off the top. But it's kind of my ethics. It's kind of hard for me to kind of pass that away. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I just kind of report that just so they have somebody check in on them. Miss Belinda George, she asked a question. She said, are there resources geared towards the black community? Well, the thing about it is, you know, one, I will say. A lot of the public resources and whatnot, they're geared to the public, but at the same time, there is some indication that it's for some of our less fortunate, uh, for some of our minority members, some of our marginalized communities. We would be considered a marginalized community. Um, another thing, I refer people to, um, and to be honest with you, I think that this could help males as well, so I don't want the name to be misleading. But there's a directory called Therapy for Black Girls. I was uh, mm. introduced to this through some professional um, cohorts that I met through a professional group on Facebook that I'm in called Clinicians of Color. So I was actually introduced to this directory. And it's basically a directory full of therapists with information that look like you. And so that's the thing. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I became a part of it. So I see that a lot of people, a lot of minorities will go there and they'll let me know, hey, I found you on black, you know, therapy for black girls. And so it's a very comforting space for them. There is psychology today as well, which is another directory. Now, that one is more mainstream, very diverse. So it's not as tailored. However, you can use the filter to, to tailor it to what you're looking for. So are you looking for a male or a female? Are you looking yeah. for someone that's faith-based or mm. someone who is more or less more mainstream? Are you looking for someone that conducts certain types of therapies? Like, for instance, myself, I am a cognitive behavior therapist, but I also do EMDR, which is a trauma therapy. So if you're looking for that, then you can have that indication there. And so it gives you a way to filter through, find out if they take your insurance, um, do they have a sliding scale? So you can literally set up the filters on that one on psychology today. And I believe on black uh, therapy for black girls too. So those are some resources. And then of course, in the community, you guys, you have um, legacy 
you have spindle top, and then you have tans. And I need you to understand that tans is no longer Triangle AIDS Network. It is Triangle Area Network Services, if I'm not mistaken. That's the new acronym. So it is uh, federally uh, funded. And now they provide services to the public as well. And they do have a behavioral health unit that assists, that provides services. So um, I just passed by today. It's on 7th Street, right there by the highway. Mm -hmm. That's where it's located. So I know a lot of people, I talked to the CEO recently, and she said, you know, a lot of people are still caught up in the acronym thinking it's still Triangle AIDS Network, but it's not. So you can go there to get resources as well. Now, you said trauma therapy. Can you define what trauma therapy actually is? So the reason why there's a distinction is because when we do something and we coin it to be trauma therapy is directly related to the trauma. And so there are two ways that you're impacted by trauma. Potentially, you either are experiencing direct symptoms that are basically like mimicking what has happened. And when I say that, I mean like uh, nightmares, flashbacks you know, phobias that have developed and stuff like that. But sometimes trauma uh, leaves residual symptoms that look like, well, it's not like it looks like it is anxiety, depression, mm. uh, PTSD, which can be a combination of both types of symptoms, the flashbacks and then the other symptoms that follow. So the thing is, we have to figure out what are the symptoms that we are going to focus on. So you can talk through a lot of things to gain understanding, to make sense of it, and to learn from it, to apply. But I believe that everything can't necessarily be talked through. So some of the trauma therapy that we do addresses some of the physical experience that you have. Some trauma leaves a physical footprint within you. And so we actually address those things as well in some of the trauma therapy. Mm. How long is these therapy sessions you have? Well, if it's generally speaking, um, my intake sessions, which is the first session, is usually the longest. So it's about an hour solid because we are going over <clears> paperwork <throat> and stuff. And I still like to allow clients to have a time to talk in that first session because they still have something they want to say. So I try to leave space for that. Okay. But then following that, a therapeutic hour it is average 55. So you may be looking from 45 to 57 range with an average of about 50, 55 okay. minutes. Patricia says she didn't know the Facebook had that option as far as... Um... Um, to alert somebody who are, the alert is for people that are threatening to, you know, kill themselves. Like what? That's what the alert is for. It's if you see like self, like injury or harmful, whatever the case is. But there's one specifically that says self injury or suicide speech or something like that. Okay. Yeah, Miss Belinda George, she said, "Thank you for responding. I suffer from depression. I can tell you, it only takes two seconds to succumb to those thoughts if you're if you're not getting any help." Depression is a sign of weakness. What do you feel about that? So this is the deal. And first and foremost, thank you for being brave enough and candid enough sure. to share your experience. Miss Belinda George is a, a great person. She does a lot of good things in the community as far as kids and stuff like that. So shout out to her. And I, I appreciate the fact that we can say that because here it is. This lady is revered by many. I'm sure she does wonderful things in the community. And one would wonder, how is she dealing with depression? Because it happens. Mm -hmm. Depression is not going to be something that you always earn. Quite frankly, there are some people that are underachievers that are pretty happy. Um, Robin Williams, the actor. Remember, he committed. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. He completed uh, suicide and everybody was just so shocked. But 
when you think of comedians, most of them, because I follow a lot of them and, and things like that, that's my outlet is comedy, right? Okay. Right. And they talk about some of their experiences and a lot of them, their funny comes from their pain. So some of the funniest people that you see um, is because of their pain. So it's funny because I think about Kevin Hart because I like Kevin Hart, but I know a lot of people don't like I like him, Kevin Hart. And they say he's not funny, but the thing is his life has changed. Yeah. He's no longer with his first wife. Nope. And we know that that relationship had its colorful moments, right? So he would mm-hmm. you know, use his life for his comedy. And so now people don't necessarily like it because his life is different. He literally is like almost a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Like he has all his money. He's doing all these things. Mm-hmm. And so that's where his life that's where his life is taking him. And so now it's like, well, that's not funny. You know what I'm saying? So yep. it's a reflection of their life. But getting back to Miss Belinda, the thing about it is depression is not this poster uh, image of a person downcasted, disheveled, flat faced and gray all the time. Sometimes it's the person at work that makes everybody laugh. But when they go home, it's a dark time for them. That happens all the time. So sometimes yep. when people complete suicide, it's like you would think that or are you I never knew or why would they do that? They had so much going for them. And yep. it's like that is an insensitive interpretation. But I understand why people would say that because you're deflecting your own values. You're like, if I had all that stuff, I wouldn't do it. It's like you don't know what you would do mm-hmm. at that time, you know, because we're driven by our thoughts. Thoughts come before we feel, before we think. I mean, excuse me, before we act, even if we don't acknowledge those thoughts, right? Yeah. So like Ms. Melinda said, if you catch yourself in a moment and it reminds me of, um, what's the gentleman's name that used to dance all the time on the Ellen show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot his name. Is, uh, I forgot it was Twitch or something. Yeah. Now, that's the one that everybody was super shocked about. And they was just like, oh, my God, he had just posted. You know, they went his last post. He posted this. He was dancing and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But he also had his own personal um, struggle with depression. Um, there was a beauty queen. I say beauty queen because I, I don't know if her title was Miss America or if it was Miss USA, but it was a young lady that completed suicide and everybody was like, oh my God, she was so beautiful. Why was she? And it's like, if you think that looks are going to just be the only thing that saves you from that, you have another thing coming. And so her mom ended up reporting uh, about letters that she'd written and then people started looking at her old posts and it was like, oh yeah. It was like, yeah, she had been dealing with depression for a long time. So I just say that if you find yourself uh, dealing with depression, then I would say identify what your triggers are. Identify the warning signs that you are potentially about to experience a, a depressive episode and be more proactive if you can be at reaching out to someone and getting help before it sets in, because sometimes that's when it's too late. It's already here now. Yeah. Hey, Miss Belinda George, I'm sorry. The number is up. If you want to call in, it's 409-233-0017. Anybody want to call in if y'all got a question about depression, uh, mental health, mental illness, love loss, all those kind of things. If y'all have a question or whatever, feel free to call. You don't have to say your name. Uh, you don't have to say where you're from. You can just call in and, and chop it up and say how you feel. Uh, my bad. I should have said that at the beginning of the show. My apologies and stuff like that. But yeah, his name was Twitch. Uh, and yeah, it, it caught a lot of people uh, off guard uh, for the show. Shout out to my boy, um, Just Bear With Me Podcast, man. You know what I'm saying? He taps in every time, to be honest with you. 
you know what I'm saying? Love to support homie. I appreciate you. He was like loving the episode. I have and still do. I mean, I have, I mean, I have and still sometimes do deal with um depression and stuff like that. I think everybody, um, man, it's it's more common for people to go through depression. You think? Well, I think that there's a difference. So I want to make sure we make the distinction very clear that depression is more than just being sad. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 for more sure. More than just being sad. Um, if you think about some of the common symptoms associated with depression. Yeah, whatever um, else. Well, sometimes, okay, so it does have something to do with your mood. But remember, you might have someone that's all bubbly and bright and spry, and they actually are dealing with depression. Mm. So depression looks differently on <clears throat> each person. So one thing you want to pay attention to is if you start to lose interest in the things that once interested you. So things that you mm. once found pleasure in, all of a sudden you're no longer interested or they don't you're like enthused by them. Um, and this is telltale signs for you to pick up on for your loved ones as well. If you start to notice that they are uh, no longer interested in some of the things they used to be interested in. It does not mean automatically that that's the case, but it's a reason to check in. Um, if you notice that um, a drastic change in your appetite Either way. So one of the biggest things is major personality changes. You have to be mindful that it's the changes that causes the concern, but it's just a matter of getting your attention. Just pay attention. Why are these changes happening? Right. Yeah, for sure. I was, I was shaking my head because Belinda George said, do we have a certain time to call in? Um, you just call during the show. You know what I'm saying? That's all you do. Just just call doing a show. Sometimes people call me um when like on off show hours. I mean, if you want to say if if I said that correct. And one time somebody called and it was like, Yeah, I had a question. And I was like, Who is this? And they said, This such a I say, I don't know who this is. And it's like, Well, don't say, Don't you don't you have the show? And I was like, Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? I was like I was like, oh, man, you got to call between the show hours, man. And it's like, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, um, no, you don't. You just call in doing a show um, and and you're, you're good from there. But um, Patricia, she was like, uh, it's difficult to know what to do for others when you don't know what resources are available. Talking about it definitely helps. I think that's a, you know, is that pretty common as far as people don't know what resources to you know, um, tap into for like if their friends are suffering suffering through depression, or is it that simple to just easily just go somewhere or Google or something and type in therapists or certain things? I mean, well, we don't want to use the word simple because I don't want to. Yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not trying anybody to insult anyway. anybody, but because because the thing is, it's both. There are some people that are more uh, aware. Unknown caller. Oh, my bad. We got a caller. Let me see. Hello, do we have a caller? Press one oh, to send bad. a voicemail. Press two. Do we have a caller? Hi, it's Belinda George. How Ms. are you? Miss Belinda, how are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm so glad that, that you all are doing this. I am totally invested. Man, we talked before, but we never... I mean, we talked like um, like inbox, but we never talked like, you know, like my first time kind of hearing your voice. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I, I type and I have that Louisiana twing. So people are always shocked when they hear me talk. <laughs> yeah. So what's up? What you called in? What you got? So, 
I had to call in because she mentioned Robin Williams mm-hmm. right after. So the day that I was my first day ever attempting like suicide, because you get to a point and I always tell people in the black community, we're infamous for saying, girl or boy, you need to pray. Mm-hmm. And at that point you pray and you feel like you've, disappointed God because you prayed and you're just not whatever you've done you're not warranted his grace and mercy so that is like and I know that sounds weird because we say it all the time but it's you're in such a dark place that you've done that and you don't have nothing else so when you give them when people tell you that you feel like well I might as well get away from here you know but I was calling I really wanted to tell y'all because Everybody sees how Melvin and I are in a relationship. I didn't even know I was depressed. Like she said, I wasn't eating, um, you know, taking baths whenever I would get the energy to do it. So the day I decided to do it was a Thursday, and Melvin always cuts the grass on Thursday. Okay. And I had already researched how many pills to take and how long it would take me to die. And I knew by the time we would get in the house, I would be dead. Wow. And so... For the first time ever, he cut off the lawnmower and he came in the house and I was laying in the bed looking out the window and I was crying and he walked in and he didn't realize that I had the pills in my hand and he walked in and Robin Williams was on the TV and he said it had it was breaking news like the minute he walked in and they announced that he had killed himself and my husband said, that's so selfish and I said, he only needed two seconds and he turned around and he looked at me and he said, what are you talking about? And I showed him the pills and I said, had you been two seconds left, you would have walked in here and never knew I took those pills. And so when you mentioned that name, it was like I had to call in because that's my testimony. And you can't tell a suicidal person that they'll come out of it because they don't see it. All you can do that entire time is support them. And if you've been through it, just tell it. So I tell the story every chance I get because I don't want somebody to succumb to those two seconds because it's literally two seconds and she can tell you in the back that most people that kill themselves especially shoot themselves in the head or the chin the bullet is never directly where it went is always an inch or two away because at that point they changed their mind but it's too late so i just had to call in and say that man i appreciate you calling in and also i um i'm very grateful for the things that you be doing as far as doing for the kids and and all that, and, and and I and I hope you inspire a lot of people because I I used to watch you on Facebook, you know, reading to the kids, and and I used to like, man, that's so dope. We need more people like you, so I thank you for calling in oh, and, and, and and sharing your story. For sure, I appreciate well, thank it as you. Well. Thank y'all so much for doing this. All right, no problem. So it's it's interesting uh, that Miss Belinda, again, very grateful that she was willing to actually share that because everyone's not really willing to do so. You know, a lot of times, unfortunately, you know, because of how taboo mental health is, we are also ashamed. But when it comes to certain physical ailments, it's fine. But, you know, when it comes to depression, I got to hide it or I feel too forced to prove it Mm -hmm. to you because I'm not showing a physical wound that's oozing. I'm not showing, uh, you know, anything that is so overt that I can prove it to humans. And we're like, we need to see it. And so that becomes an issue because sometimes, unfortunately, it's like challenge accepted. And it doesn't mean that I'm trying to prove to you this for the purpose of just proving a point. No, it's just a matter of this is what I'm dealing with. I also think it's important to point out, like Ms. Belinda said, let me tell you something. My dad is a full-fledged minister with a church. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
I am not far removed from my beliefs. I still hold very closely to my beliefs. I just don't push my beliefs on everyone. And yeah, one of the okay. things that really irritates me about people that are in my spiritual community uh -oh. is to pray about it. Because it's like, I need an and or something. So I'll say this without getting too spiritual religious. Uh -oh. um, prayer and faith are both action words to me. So I'm going to pray about it. I may manifest it. I believe it, but I act on it too. And part of acting on it is that understanding that sometimes your prayers, your manifestations, or whatever the case is, it's answered. In fact, most of the time it's going to be answered in physical form because that's the form that we have. So you may pray for it in a spiritual form, but then your answer is the doctor that you go to visit. Mm. The mm. therapist that you go to visit, mm. the circles, the people that cross your path, because you're praying for those types of individuals to cross your path. So now you have people that cross your path that actually value some of the things that you value or they respect some of the things you're going through. And so now you have those avenues. So we have to understand that our prayers are answered through manifestations, through resources and opportunities and mm. individuals. And I want to say, please understand that one, you're doing them a grave disservice by just saying you need to just pray about it because yeah. you're not only minimizing their experience, <clears throat> but you also are potentially pushing them further away from their spirituality because it's not serving them in that way at that time because they're not able to receive it. So think about how much of a slap in the face that is for that person. You are saying yeah. that, as, and we've said this before, Floyd, you're saying that as if you know that they haven't prayed yet yeah yeah exactly yeah like you know and sometimes they they keep praying and praying and it's like you know like i keep like they're saying i am praying you know and then like you know now now they're looking for other answers or ridiculing how i pray like you were there yeah exactly um now as far as like the depression is it very common that people use drugs and alcohol to kind of cope with the depression so i'll answer this in two parts only because I wanted to make sure that we pointed out some of the things that to look for with depression. So, and then I'll talk to you about how they might lead to actually coping in an unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. So as I said before, a little interest or pleasure in doing things, you may feel down, depressed or hopeless. So if you're losing your hope, chances are, you know, you may be experiencing some depression. So just monitor that trouble falling and staying asleep. You all right? Yeah. I, I cut myself earlier. My bad. Sometimes, unfortunately, um, a lot of us don't necessarily get the quality of sleep that we need to get. And we have to understand Ooh. that sleep is so oh, much my more God. than just laying still, looking um, looking sleep. There's a process. <laughs> looking, looking sleep. <laughs> well, yeah, because there's a whole cycle that we go through with sleep. You know, the stage one, two, three, you have your REM sleep, which is your deep sleep. Um, where dreams, uh, dreams mm. and things are happening. Right? Okay, yeah, explain that. Yeah. Okay. So when you sleep, every stage has its purpose. So the first one is about the first seven minutes and you're going to be easily awakened. Mm -hmm. And then the next one lasts about an hour and you can still be awakened easily, but not as easily as first. So you're just getting deeper and deeper into your sleep. Mm. And then there's a certain sleep that you get to where you are just you're deeper. Your breathing slows down because that's a part of and everything and everything is kind of relaxing so that your heart rate and that system that keeps you going all of that time to 
gets to a point of relaxation, deep relaxation. When you get to REM, which stands for rapid eye movement, that is where if you've ever seen someone sleep with their eyes open and their eyes were doing Oh, this, man, that's scary. That is because they were in rapid eye movement <laughs> sleep. Their eyes were doing it. And so Damn. that's what we have, vivid dreams. And your memories are being created at that point. So you go through everything you go through through that day, and then your body your mind actually stores those things at the end of the day. So if you ever realize you're recalling things incorrectly or you don't remember things very much or you're losing some of those things, sometimes it's because of your sleep. That particular aspect of your sleep is not um, efficient. You're not getting to that uh, stage or you're not staying there long enough to store. Okay. Now, that's the sleep aspect. But if you have interruptions in your sleep so you can't stay asleep and a big thing is you're noticing a big change. I used to be able to sleep fine. Mm. And now all of a sudden, then you may want to pay attention to that. Or if you're sleeping too much, oh, it man. change. So yeah. it just depends. So that's why it's so important to pay attention to yourself. That self-awareness is going to help you in so many different things because I know what my sleep is typically like, and it's different. I can't compare that to someone else's. Yeah. Um, the lack of energy and feeling tired. That is a big part of it. So sometimes they honestly just don't have the energy to do anything. Like she was saying about the showering. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you are depressed, baths do not matter. Showers do not matter because you don't even have the energy to do anything. And sometimes you honestly just forget time is passing. You lose sense of time. And before you know it, you, you're just off. So fun fact, it is true that Alaska, many of the residents, do experience high levels of depression is one of the highest uh, levels. I heard about that. Because the fact that they have such long extended periods of darkness. I heard about Seattle too. It's up there in the same area. Some people attribute Seattle's to the mugginess and the mm -hmm. raininess. Yep. But, you know, it's about, um, it's a biological rhythm that we have. So our bodies respond to the rise of the sun, the setting of the sun, the dark and the uh, light and mm -hmm. so in Alaska because it's extended for so long it interrupts that so they actually have something called light therapy out there where you're able to go to certain locations to actually experience the exposure to the light so it helps okay with that. <laughs> Damn, that's um, wild. poor appetite overeating or just considerable weight changes mm -hmm. uh, feeling bad about yourself having a lot of guilt focusing on failure difficulty concentrating on things or making decisions moving or speaking slowly to the point where other people notice it very restless or thoughts, honestly, of just wanting to be uh, dead or feeling like you're better off dead. So those mm. are some of the symptoms. Now, the way that unhealthy coping strategies show up is if you're trying to treat them and you end up treating them with something that works, but it's unhealthy. Now, the one example I give is I remember a while back in like Montana area, there was a, a millionaire. So a whatever guy that actually purchased billboards and he started posting Pictures of individuals before meth and then after, and they end up oh. titling it Faces of Meth because yeah. it was such an issue in those rural, uh, mountainous areas, right? Mm -hmm. Yet, there's someone right now today that hit meth for the first time, right now. We see what it does to people. The same thing with the crack epidemic. I used to think that when we got older, crack was going to disappear because our generation seeing what crack did to you know our elders and stuff and i was like yeah nobody's gonna be smoking crack when that was we get your hope right that, but yeah. the problem is people are still hurting people are still looking for a way out people are still looking for something to numb them 
And so unfortunately, one of the reasons why people tend to turn to drugs is because it works until it doesn't. Now, the problem with unhealthy coping strategies is they give you that short term relief, but they end up uh, providing you with negative long term consequences. Mm -hmm. Whereas healthy coping strategies may not give you that immediate payoff, but they're worth it because the results are more long lasting and they're more positive. Okay. And so people reach out to um, whatever is accessible to them, first of all. And that's why it's so important to not only, you know, uh, stay abreast to what's available in your community. I'll be honest with you. We have a lot of resources in this community, some that I am becoming more aware of as I get out there more. You just have to be willing to find them and stay plugged into your city. You're here. Mm -hmm. You know, they have so many different events. Sometimes just engaging in social activities is very therapeutic. Laughter is therapeutic. Definitely. Endorphins are natural chemicals that are produced when we laugh. Yeah. And so that's why it feels <laughs> good to laugh and laughter is therapeutic. You know what I'm saying? So it's just a matter of finding the resources that are available and also taking some time to get to know yourself. Stop treating yourself as a second thought just because it's you. And going on autopilot, not realizing that you're tearing yourself up. And next thing you know, you look up and you don't even recognize yourself. And that is what I hear people tell me. They look in the mirror and don't even know who they looking at. It's yeah. possible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I mean, I talk about self-love all the time on the show mm -hmm. as far as self-love and how you got to, you know, take care of yourself and you got to make yourself happy. But what does and that mean? Like, if you ask the people in the audience, like, to just drop their definitions of self-love. Mm. It'd just be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah, you know I mean, what I mean? I mean, you got to understand yourself to, you know, to understand what, you know, what makes you happy and stuff like that. So, But I'm going to love myself even in my confusion. I mean, you know I, I think it helps deal with certain things. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're depressed and stuff like that and you like sports, then go to an Astro game. You know, maybe that might help you up. Maybe they might cheer you. You know what I'm saying? If you, you like to work out, you're depressed. Maybe you need to go work out and stuff like that. And I, don't, I don't know. I just think whatever that person might like or be interested in, you know, like you say, maybe like getting out the house and just going to do something can help them, you know, be at a better place. Yep. There is a concept known as opposite action. So uh, not to go too deep into it, but the premise is if you are feeling a certain way, a negative feeling, most likely, and you realize that it does not match the situation, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean you don't still feel it. That's mm -hmm. the thing. So understand that your feelings may not match the situation, but you still got to address them. So when I realize that my feeling does not match the facts, then I, I can engage in something known as opposite action. So what I would usually do when I feel this way, I'll do the opposite. So if I'm feeling depressed or sad, and I normally isolate, close up in a dark room, close my shades, turn my phone on, do not disturb, turn mm -hmm. the TV off, don't eat, and all of that. And I'm going to do the opposite of that. I'm going to actually reach out to somebody myself. I'm going to go sit on my porch. I'm going to open my blinds. Because what that's going to do is that's going to help you change how you're feeling. Yep. So. Hey, that's it. You know, black people, we love sitting on that porch. For sure. On everything. I mean, I can sit in the backyard on that on the back porch. If you want to call it a back porch or whatever. But I can sit in the backyard for a minute, man. And just chill. Just zone out and just think about things and stuff like that. It's kind of it's almost therapeutic, to be honest with you. It is. I wouldn't even say almost because 
vitamin D from the sun actually affects, oh. affects your mood. So yeah. it's actually a mood booster as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I, I want to say this at the beginning, but as far as mental health, what is the exact definition of mental health? So because people talk about mental health and people, I think it kind of goes over their head. So what exactly does mental health mean, though? So, okay. So first and foremost, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, in my opinion, mental health means health, right? Yeah. Because it's very hard to split hairs because if my mental is not intact, it doesn't matter how well my physical is. And it's the same way as if my physical uh, is not, you know, if my physical is not intact, then it's going to be hard for me to be focused on being positive and, you know, managing my mood when my energy is going to trying to manage my my symptoms. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But when you're dealing with mental health, you're dealing with anything that is associated with your way of engaging with, interpreting and responding to your experiences. That can include your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors. It also has some biological components to it. So, you know, we're thinking more of the organic uh, symptoms or causes, like when you have maybe an issue with your serotonin levels, your dopamine levels, your body's ability to produce those things or maintain certain levels of those things. When you have uh, adverse chemical reactions, you know, chemical uh, issues as far as like hormones and things like that, mm-hmm. that have effects on your ability to manage yourself, what you feel and so forth. Right. So it's encompassing all of those things. So when you talk about mental health is the well-being of your functioning in your life. That's that's the way that I see it. OK. All right. Uh, we got another question. Miss Stephanie Nicole. Shout out to you, Miss Steph. Uh, for sure. Uh, she said, what are your thoughts about antidepressants? Okay, so here's my thing. I am an advocate for medication when necessary, but I'm not an advocate for medication alone. So you either do therapy and medication or just therapy. But I do not believe in medication alone simply because there's no magic pill. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to manage yourself. Medication is not to fix it. It is to bring you to baseline so that you can function. So in other words, if I am living my life, whether I have a diagnosis or not, it does not mean I'm not going to experience adversity. So we have to understand that mental health and mental, it doesn't always, your life is not perfect, period. But just because you you um, experiment, experience mental illness or mental symptoms, it's not like a, a punishment or anything like that. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes people take it as a punitive thing and that's not what it is. So the thing about it is when I'm dealing with my levels being off, that's not necessarily something that I chose. It's not like a fault thing. It is my levels are off and I would like to function better in my life. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what other people say. And I'm surely not going to over judge myself about it because I want my levels to be where they need to be so that I can live the life I want to live. And if an antidepressant is going to help me do that, then that's exactly what I'm going to do because I don't see anybody uh, hiding their high blood pressure medication. Not as much. No, (laughs) I don't see anybody pointing to any of our friends and loved ones and community members that are experiencing uh, the horrible disease known as cancer. 
You know, nobody's saying, oh, look at them with that. You know what I mean? But the minute I have something that's going on with me that mentally, then all of a sudden it's, it's taboo. So I am an advocate for psychotropic medication when used appropriately, when it's being monitored, and when you're also doing something else to assist yourself with the symptoms that you have. Yeah, she says she, do, she does both of them. So as far as like, I guess, the therapy and the you know, medication and stuff yeah. like that. So. And I'm sorry, I don't, I can't see the, uh, yeah, the yeah, it's a little, it's, it's, so a, it's a little, little it's a little it's different, different, uh, having, it's kind of like when you go to a football game and you used to seeing the commercials and stuff like that. But I mean, when you're not at the football game, but when you go in the football game, you know, you don't see no commercials and all that. So it's a little, it's a little different on, you know what I'm saying? As far as having, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> She said, uh, she said, I've been in therapy for a few years now and just started um, Zoloft. Zoloft. Okay. okay. She said, after the birth of my last baby. Gotcha. Okay. And the thing about it, what I always encourage my clients to do is to keep a med journal. Okay. And what that is, is basically you're documenting how did you feel when you took it? You know, you're processing that and just keeping notes on that. You're documenting how it felt right before your next dose. If it's PRN, which is as needed, you're documenting what circumstances led to you taking it. And that way, when you go back to your prescriber and they're asking you, how are things going? You don't have to try to remember all that because sometimes you get in front of them and it leaves you. You walk out of there, pay your copay. And you're like, oh, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have that med journal that asks you questions. You can read that to them and you can say, here, this is all the information you need. Now, not to interrupt you, uh -huh. the journal that you're coming out with. <laughs> is that the same thing? What, no. what's, what's that? So I actually am <laughs> dropping. You're so funny. Um, I am dropping uh, an interactive journal. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very excited about it. Um, it's going to help you with quite a few things. Uh, it's going to be useful when you're setting goals. So your 30 day goals, your 60 day goals, your 90 day goals is going to also help you with formatting what we call smart goals, smart goals. That stands for uh, specific, measurable, attainable, relatable and timely. Okay. So you're going to make sure you have Fire. it all spelled out and that it's easy to track. So you're going to say who, what, when, where, why is going to do this, when, is this relatable? Do I care about this right now? And how long am I going to track this? And so that's going to be in there. You're going to have opportunity to learn how to create your own personal affirmations. Mm. And then I'm also going to teach you how to take your situations and break them down uh, based on thoughts, emotions, and actions. So it's called my tea. Okay. And uh, reflect on it and learn from it. So I'm really excited about it. When, when it's coming out? It will be launching within the next two weeks. Actually. All right. So two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. She said, she said, I never thought about a journal. She said, thank you. That's a great idea. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah, for sure. I never heard that too. A med journal. Mm. So. I used to I actually we developed that when we were when I was working in crisis because you would mm. have people that were in and out of the hospital and you're talking to all these different people. It's not always a consistent doctor because you're in the emergency room or you're in inpatient. So here it is. You're having to tell all these different people what medications you've been on. Mm -hmm. How did it work for you? When did you switch to this one? How did that work? And so forth. So that could be a hard to remember. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. you just keep a log for yourself. So you don't have to try to remember all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Miss um, Belinda George, she said, yes, journals are life changing. It shows growth and lack of or lack of thereof. Yeah, for sure. So, yes, hey, man, sure. 
If y'all don't know about it, get that journal, write down, you know, med journals and stuff like that. That's that's pretty dope. Um, how do you feel about, uh, you know, as far as like they say, I did a little research. So they say like one out of five people has a mental illness. Uh-huh. Uh, and what age do you believe in that? And, and do you believe that? And what age does that start? You know what I'm saying? What age do you start looking as far as somebody having a mental illness? So first and foremost, I'm not going to say I don't believe it per se, because the thing about it is what I did find um, is that anxiety is the most commonly experienced uh, mental health disorder across the age zero to death. And From zero to death. Yes. It's the most commonly experienced one. And okay. the sad thing about it is even though it's considered the most commonly experienced, it's still drastically underdiagnosed. Mm hmm. You know, so it's like a lot of times we don't have the verbiage to express what we're experiencing. So when we were younger, we might have heard someone say, you know, my nerves are bad. Yeah, for sure. All the time. You're getting on my nerves. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your mom. Y'all getting on my nerves. nerves. Last nerve, right? <laughs> yeah, and that's an indication I'm anxious, I'm overwhelmed. My last nerve, you know what I mean? I am to my breaking point, you know. I just, you know, I'm uncomfortable, right? Yes, um, but when it comes to a mental health diagnosis, it really depends on what the mental health uh disorder is. We are mindful to not uh diagnose personalities disorders too early on. Mm. Um, and the trajectory with some children, for instance, you may see a child that ends up uh, being diagnosed with conduct disorder, then that may actually transition into ODD, which is oppositional defiant disorder mm. in their uh, tweens or whatnot. And then when they get uh, to adulthood, that typically if those uh, behaviors are still prevalent, uh, then it transitions a lot of times into what is the true definition of antisocial personality disorder. So I know a lot of people will say, man, I'm antisocial. Yeah, I used, to, I used to say that all the time. Uh, yeah, I ain't going to lie. But antisocial does not mean I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> you guys are calling yourselves an introvert. Oh, <laughs> antisocial this personality disorder. Almost every single person in prison has been diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder because it is an indication that you cannot conform to societal rules or you are you are outside of the norm. You do not conform to the rules, not just laws, but also the rules of engagement with other people. So you have a grave. Uh, what is that called? Uh, well, you just don't really show any consideration. OK, is what is an indicated like. When we're talking about antisocial. So if you think of what social means, anti, so you're against all of that. You don't engage with others in society in, in the appropriate way. And that's part of the law breaking it. So that's why they say that. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If somebody murders someone and it's not in self-defense, I'm going to go ahead and say they're antisocial. So when people be like, I'm antisocial, I don't talk to nobody, it, that's the wrong meaning of it. Well, yeah, but people say it all the time. The honest to God truth is, if you really want to know, the word is asocial. It, which means not social. A in front of a word, it just means not. So, so I'm asocial. so I'm asocial. Yes. So the, no, they need to say I'm asocial, not yeah. antisocial. Yeah, I'm asocial, not asocial, <laughs> but I'm asocial. That That's gonna confuse them. Well, yeah, which is why we're only talking about it because it came up. But in normal conversation, I wouldn't be discussing this unless I was talking to my people. <laughs> but that's the true definition of it. You know what I'm saying? So, and only reason why I brought it up is because that is where we go. So if you notice, CD is diagnosed in a younger population. And CD. Then, co conduct disorder. Okay. 
And then the oppositional defiant disorder. So like I said, that's like the uh, tweens in that range somewhere in there. But and, and, and moving on up until adulthood. And if you still are exhibiting some of those personality characteristics, then again, that's when we go to antisocial. We do not diagnose um, bipolar disorder at an early age which is way more than mood swings. Mm, mm. It has way more to do than with mood swings. Mood swings only minimize the experience, right? Mm -hmm. But you are dealing with children that are still developing. So some of the experience that we have with our kids and some of the difficulty is due to the developmental stage. So that's the issue that we had in our community. When I say our community in, in, in the mental health field, years ago, you can't diagnose someone too early because then after the fact you're treating them for something that's not there. And it, it may have very well just been something that was in within that particular developmental stage. So that means if you have a child that is um, jumping all over the place, but they're like three mm -hmm. versus a 17 year old doing it, mm -hmm. it's probably going to be considered more or less of a symptom or something to consider if they're 17 than if they're three. Okay. Bedwetting. As a young baby, mm -hmm. maybe. But if you start, if you're still bedwetting later on, then there may be some implications there. As far as what, like 15, 16, 17 year olds or something? At the age where where it's deemed uh, appropriate to be able to manage yourself better than what you're doing. Okay. So this sometimes indicates that something else is going on. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that makes sense and stuff. So, so it really just depends on, on age uh, when it comes to certain things. Okay, so let's get into this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I told people at the beginning of the show, most of the time we talk about relationships. So let's say, as far as like a love loss, what can that be categorized as? Like depression? Well, I mean, the thing is, our response to things is not going to always be something that falls within a diagnosis. So if I end up losing a uh, a love like as in like a a love in through a, a breakup mm -hmm. or something like that of a relationship ends for whatever reason, um, it is within the norm to feel sadness. That is your response to it. That is your body and your mind conceptualizing what's happening, and this is how it's affecting me. Your feelings literally tell you what's happening. How is this affecting me? What is going on? And that's a natural thing. So it's like it becomes problematic when it starts to interfere with your ability to engage in activities of daily living. You will hear that it referred to as ADLs. Okay. So when it starts interfering with whatever your ADL. particular activities for daily living are. So if you work and now you're starting to have to call out of work or you're not able to engage at work like you typically would and it's directly related to that, that's when the concerns come up. Right. Mm -hmm. um, if you start to notice that just in, again, it goes back to what we said, the big changes. You may give yourself some time, however, to heal because it is a loss. We must understand that when you are talking about a loss, realize that grief is related to more than just the loss of a person to death. Mm. It could be loss of a person to a breakup. It could be the loss of a job. It could be the loss of a home. It could be the loss of an idea and you will grieve it. So grief by definition is the intense emotional response to a perceived or actual loss of something or someone important to you. So whether you think you lost it or you actually lost it and whether it's an inanimate object or a person and whether it's lost to circumstance, 
or its actual death, it's still potentially something that will be grieved. Gotcha. And so you just have to make sure you monitor yourself accordingly. And I would say do the same thing that I said before. You don't like how you're feeling. Maybe you have some feelings that don't necessarily match it. I'm hurting, but I don't want to continue feeling this way. I'm going to do the things that I know that are on my list that help me to feel better. I encourage everyone to have a list. So you already know I'm I'm going to go to my list. I'm going to pick some things to do to manage myself appropriately so that I can feel better. So everyone, I encourage you to think of those things that make you happy. Um, if I can, uh, I'll just go real briefly into one of the methods is called self-soothing and okay. you self-soothe through your senses. So you do things that are associated with seeing, hearing, uh, smelling, tasting, um, or touching that, uh, help you to feel better or help to dull those negative feelings. So, uh, for instance, seeing you might actually, um, Go and if you're into sunsets, you might go sit on the back patio or the back thing and, and watch the sunset. I love I love some sunsets. Right. And so then somebody who, you know, maybe they uh have a music playlist or a certain music that they love, or they actually go into listening to meditative music or whatever. Um, when it comes to smells, I tell people all the time, get your favorite candle, get your favorite smelling sanitizer. Oh, um, when you sanitize your hands, you're cleaning your hands. They don't have to know that you're self-soothing right now because that's the fragrance that soothes you. When my clients come in my office, they love the smell of my office because I, I diffuse mahogany teak wood in my waiting room. Oh, man, I got some mahogany teak wood, Very man. Common. I, I kill that. Con. I, man, hey. You know, and then I diffuse eucalyptus and lavender blends in the actual uh, counseling room. Mm. Lavender is calming. Eucalyptus is a natural air purifier. It's a beautiful thing. So it's like you have to make sure that you find things for yourself. Small candies can help with calming you. With you know, peppermints can help with headaches. It can also help with boosting your mood. You know what I'm saying? And feeling uh, weighted blankets, certain textures, um, the sun on your skin, whatever the case. So you got to have those things already figured out for yourself. And whenever the case comes where you need to soothe, self-soothe, Pick from that list. Do something that's going to help you to feel better. Okay, that's dope. Hey, you know what? Looking at your shirt right now, what is what can where can people get this shirt if they're like out of town, out of state? Um, they like, man, that shirt, you know, the, the pop psych, you know, feeling the shirt. So how can they get the shirt if they wanted the shirt? So there are a couple of ways because I have shipped uh, out of out of the uh, state. So excited about that. Mm, okay. um, so basically you can do uh, one of a few things. You can either inbox me at TR Eve on Facebook. Mm -hmm. You can go to the business page on Facebook at the Rose Center. BMT will get you to the Rose Center. And mm -hmm. you can also use that same handle to access the business page on Instagram. Um, so that's three ways you can. Uh, tell Floyd, and I'm sure he'll tell me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just hit me up if y'all want a shirt now. Uh, and I will uh ship it to you wherever you are. We'll discuss that between us or whatever the case is. And and that's pretty much how you get in touch with me with anything. Just yeah, just yeah. check her page out. She got different uh colors on the shirts, different designs on the shirts, and stuff like that. You got long sleeve. You got sweaters. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do have uh. Long sleeve, we have a sweatshirt. 
Um, we just dropped a new shirt um, that is on my page as well that focuses on healing. Mm. And the caption is healing looks good on you because healing looks good on everyone. It's a one size fits all. So at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to make sure I put that out there because it does. It's it's very complimentary. It gives you that 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 shine, that that glow that people ask about because healing is it's so personal, mm. you know what I'm saying? And it's so unique, Talk to him. but <laughs> it is so valuable. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to encourage people. Remember, that's the whole point. So that's why mm -hmm. that shirt has been launched. And then we have another one that we're dropping at the end of the month to close out Mental Health Awareness Month and hoping that that one will be um, that at that time we'll have the journals. And we're also going to be uh, creating mental health kits. So, man, how does it feel? You know what I'm saying? Doing all these things for like, you know, mental health, the shirt. Because I remember, you know, when you dropped the first shirt and now you got like you, you finna have like a whole lineup of like 10, 12 shirts, sweaters, everything. So, you know, how does it feel from starting to like now? Because, I mean, hey, the growth is crazy. I mean, it feels good. I'll be honest with you. I don't do I don't tell any of my clients or anyone anything that I would not take. Uh, into consideration myself so mm -hmm. um it was it was a goal that i had it was a and, and and i basically set the goal my goal is to promote mental health awareness no matter what and so i just look for ways to do it but the other thing is whenever i have energy no matter if it's negative energy or whatever the case is i try to channel that energy and so what's been happening is you know you and i have discussed about recent things that have occurred you know uh, and i don't have a problem with saying it or whatever but you know, I did lose my grandmother mm -hmm. and that was a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. I literally took all of that energy and transferred it and birthed like five or six different products. Mm. So that's really what it's been about. This particular company has been helpful for me because it's been therapeutic for me, too. OK. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes that's what it's about. So, yeah, it's but it's been a journey it is nowhere near by where it will be. But it is truly a blessing to be able to go into the community with something, to have people respond to your stuff and with excitement and things like that. So, For sure. yeah, it's been a journey, but I'm enjoying every every step. You know, it. I had a, a, a close friend of mine who I consider my brother. He hit me. and He was like, uh, like, how do you stay positive? Stuff like that. And I say, man, you just got to be grateful. Mm. You just got to be grateful, man, because mm. it can it can always be worse. And I was like, just and so I started saying, man, think about how we was 10 years ago. You know, think about that position we was in then and and how we was talking about, you know, if we did certain things, you know, how can I mean, how can, how it can forward our life? And I say, look at us now, bro. Like, look at the growth and understand, you know, how far we came. So you just got to be grateful and you just got to be positive. You just have to have that that outlook. You know what I'm saying? Knowing that, you know, you just got to be faith. You have faith and you got to be consistent and you just got to believe, you know what I'm saying? And that's the thing. You just got to believe in yourself and believe in your goals and your visions and stuff like that. Because self-doubting yourself is not going to get you to where you need to be. Yeah. If you're constantly self-doubting, if you're not sure of yourself, then, you know, you already you already like, you know, punching yourself in the gut when it's time, you know, when you trying to achieve those goals and dreams and stuff like that so but it's hard for some people sometimes because you're still cleaning True. up some of the things that you've experienced in your childhood and in yeah. the past, so you're still trying to overcome that because the unfortunate thing is that a lot of times some things are said in, a ch in our childhood 
and especially in our generation and before that they honestly did not believe was hurting us. You know, the whole premise of sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me is the biggest lie that was ever told on the playground. Okay. So the fact is there's a lot of people that are still trying to heal from things that people who love them said to them mm. or people who they felt like was supposed to love them said to them. And then the other thing is, you know, it's like, we have to understand that gratitude. I appreciate you bringing that up because that is, definitely one of the strategies used to counter negative emotions mm. so there's an activity um that we do at the office where you it's an it's action activity for from a book that i got on cognitive behavior therapy and mindfulness and the whole premise of the activity is that if you're in a specific mood state whatever memories and experiences are associated with that mood are more easily accessible. So sometimes you see a moment go from this to this, and you don't understand why the feeling's growing. Mm -hmm. It's because you're being flooded with other incidences that induce that same feeling, and now you're experiencing all that again. So the whole point is to engage in gratitude uh, acknowledgement. You make a list, you refer to it every day, and meditate on it because whenever you're in that mind state, just imagine the memories and experiences that are going to come and flood your system then. And then it's going to have you in a more positive mood space. So that is definitely a strategy for being proactive as well as reactive to negative emotions. And then the other one you brought up is um, it's actually one of the skills associated with distress tolerance, which distress just simply means too much stress. Mm -hmm. And so one of them is comparison. So you can look at either someone else's circumstances, not in a way of putting them down, but understanding, as you said, it could be worse for me. And the other thing is to compare it to another time in your life where it wasn't what it is now. And you realize that it may not be what I want it to be, but it's not what it was before. And so that too can motivate you to keep pushing. Okay. Um, Courtney, she a little late. Courtney, we didn't already talked about the journal. She say, she say, stay tuned. She's about to drop a dope journal. <laughs> Prayers and blessings on your journey. We just talked. We talked about that. That's so, all right, Courtney. I appreciate Courtney, it. Courtney, she, yeah, she had to reiterate. <laughs> you know, saying that you was dropping that journal. So we appreciate that, Court. Um, shout out to you for tuning in and tapping into the show for sure. But we definitely looking forward for that journal that's going to be dropping in a few weeks. She's like, hey, I'm just putting out the she knows. <laughs> I appreciate you know I appreciate you. Uh I didn't know you and Courtney was that tight like that. Okay, first of all, classmate, class of 2000, what? And then secondly, baby, she is the she is the mastermind by all these pretty colors. Oh, for real? Saying, okay, yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, Courtney, she do be doing a hat her oh, thing yes. on the hair and stuff like that. So sure. <laughs> y'all need y'all hair done, man. Hit up Courtney, man. Yeah, she, buddy, hit up. Yep, she do walk-ins and everything. <laughs> Call her first. <laughs> <laughs> she do walk-ins, so just walk on in there and get your hair done. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> like she said, yes, come come through, Keller. Yeah, for sure. I thought for some reason I thought Courtney um, graduated from Central. I did. What is wrong with you? I am a jag. Well, I thought you was Ozan. Don't. Do that. I have friends that went to Ozan. I don't want them. Wes McCollum went away. to Ozan. So I'm just gonna turn what's around. What's her name? Sarita. No. What's her, what's your friend? Your best friend? Who? Sam. What's her last name? You talk about my god sister Sinitra? Yeah, Sinitra. Okay, Sinitra and I went to school pretty much for the whole entire duration of our lives. She went to Central too. She is a whole Jaguar. Oh snap! 
Man, you my bad. Squirrel and everything. We have uniforms. What is happening? Okay, bro? I don't know. For some reason, I thought y'all was. I don't know. South End or so, Power Chair or something. Yeah, like we were South End. Well, how the heck? And y'all? we still South End. But the fact of the matter is, that was the biggest issue with Central. <laughs> they put the South End and the North End at the same school. They did though. It was everything. like make it work. Yeah, they they was they was pretty wild for that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. There's some wild times doing those. But we made it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know why. But anyway, um, for sure. One of the few things I want to discuss before we get on out of here was as far as like as um, um, with the relationships again, as far as like um, what I have as far as like failed relationships, you know, can that really drive somebody into depression because you know like you was talking earlier man the relationships hurt when you love and and you and and you suffer that loss man that could send somebody into like a deep depression especially like divorce and stuff okay so here's the deal i try to explain this with another diagram that i use so there's this chart that i found that was uh it's called a feelings explanation chart and it hits like six of our main um emotions you know fear sad uh joy Mm -hmm. guilt Mm -hmm. shame and all that so there are three things that happens there's a certain action that you tend to do when you feel a certain way there's a certain thing that you're saying so that's the communication and then there's a certain need that's indicated Mm -hmm. and so the thing is whenever there's sadness sadness indicates that there's been a loss and i need to heal so what i'll typically do when i'm sad is slow down or withdraw so if you think of the times when you may have lost a person, right? Or if you think of times when you may have experienced some type of sadness, you just usually sometimes kind of chill out a little bit. And that gives your body a chance to recover from the loss so that you actually have the wherewithal, the energy, the ability to engage. Because when we suffer a loss, it takes a lot out of us. But do they need to heal? I mean, I know they suffered the, the loss, but do they tell themselves they, some, sometimes they might not want to heal? I don't know if there's a such thing as not wanting to heal and not necessarily acknowledging or understanding that you can heal. I think that a lot of times in our community, many of the things that are considered traumas, there are big T's and then there are little T's, right? And it's all trauma. And we have been taught in our environments a lot of times, and I'm only speaking for myself because I wasn't raised with a silver spoon. You feel Mm -hmm, me? For sure. Like I'm, you know, South End, Roberts Park area. Okay, you know all right. Shout out to Peace side, Three side, all of that. Oh, I mean, that's where I'm from. Hold up. Is impoverished at some times because <laughs> it's Bowman, right? Yeah, you know for that sure. the West End used to be considered. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So oh, wait, that's I, what I mean, like yeah. that, you know. And yeah. so I only use, you know, those terms because I let you know where we at, right? And so the thing about it, though, is like when you're dealing with, um, experiences you're going to interpret them through your own experience you've already had so what happens to a lot of us right now is what's considered normal to us is absolutely abnormal so we get exposed to other people and we're like so everybody don't deal with that type of stuff we mm. start that that was just what it was you know it is what it is that is one of the worst dismissive statements ever because when you say that you're essentially succumbing to whatever the circumstances are and saying that I can't do anything about it is literally an indication that I'm stuck. Mm. And so it's like, sometimes we don't know that healing is available. 
because this is just what you go through. Yeah, for sure. A lot of people don't know it's available. And so that's the thing. Now, what I will say about relationships is if you are experiencing sadness, negative emotions, or even grieving the relationship, that makes sense. Right. Mm -hmm. You you can do that and still love yourself. The issue comes in when you experience that loss and then you have an issue with the survey of how much you love yourself or how you feel about yourself. You interpret your worth through that relationship. Well, yeah, you're going to have some problems then. Mm -hmm. But if I can understand that regardless of what my worth starts with me and everything else is complimentary, then when I lose someone, I may hurt, but it won't consume me. The difference is when I don't have a clear understanding of who I am, I don't have a clear understanding of what I want, what I need. The self-love is not real. It's not genuine. It's just a um, a fad or just a buzzword that I hear, but I don't know what that really means. If I don't have those things there and my self-awareness is, uh, is lacking, then I will most likely have very adverse response to a loss like that because I defined myself through something that wasn't. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what makes the difference. But if you yeah, lose someone, you can you can feel the what you feel because your emotions are teaching you something regardless. So I hope that you're able to learn from it because it'll teach you if nothing else, this is what happened and this is why it made me feel. If I don't like how I feel, mm-hmm. I won't do that no more. For you know sure. <laughs> so all right. So you know, the last thing that I wanted to talk about as far as um therapists and stuff like that. I see this all the time and I see people say this all the time as far as, you know, what do you say about people who think using Facebook is their therapist? Because I seen somebody recently say, uh, Facebook is my therapist. And I was like, Oh, you know, like, are you cheating yourself by saying this? You know, or do you really want to get other people's opinion or do you really want to go to a professional and get properly diagnosed. So I, I seen this maybe like a week ago. Somebody said Facebook is their therapist. And they was pretty proud of that. So what do you think about that? Okay. So what I would say is that the biggest thing that can clear all of that up is to actually define what a therapist is. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Because I tell my clients all the time, I don't give advice. Anybody that's a potential client, I don't give advice. Because your consequences are yours. Mm. If it works out, I want you to be able to believe that you are the reason that it worked out because it was your decision. But if it doesn't work out, I also want you to be able to learn from that as well because that was your decision. So I tell my clients that when they enter therapy with me, it's a partnership. I am the professional, but they're the expert. I don't know you. You got to teach me about you. Where are the expert of? That expert of themselves. Nobody knows you better than you know you. All right. No one can answer questions for you that you can't answer for you. If they answer it and you agree, you still answered it. And so the fact is, when someone's like, oh, I know you better than you know yourself. Cap. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I don't know what that's about. You know me better than I know myself. Cap. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Nobody knows you better than you know yourself. So even if yeah, you don't, you don't know the answer. And I always encourage them if there's an I don't know about you, find out the answer to it. But I tell them that. So when you go to therapy, you're going to a professional that has been trained. I have studied people longer than 
Oh, Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. <laughs> About as long, longer than, for a long time. And that's a part of it. We're always studying. There's actual evidence-based practices and evidence-based research that goes into our treatment for people. So it's more than just talking to someone. For sure. You know, so I think that if we were just to simply define what a mental health professional is, what a mental health clinician is, what a QMHP is, what a therapist is, that would debunk that. Shout out to my girl Key, man. She says she loved therapy, man. Therapy cool. I be seeing her all the time at Waffle House. I ain't seen her in a minute, but that's the homemate. That's the classmate. You know what I'm saying? One love to her. She she always supporting your boy. So I always got love for Key. For sure. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I think that's just a cry for help when people, you know, say stuff like that. I've seen it a few times as far as them saying like Facebook is their therapy and stuff. So uh, and I think a lot of people are still scared of going to a therapist, you know, like, um, can I trust this person uh, with the information and even what they might say, you know, as far as me expressing my feelings like what what's the feedback you know because you don't know the feedback you don't know what they're gonna say and what you might be diagnosed with so that's kind of scary it's itself so mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i think it's a little you know a fear when it's come to like you know as far as speaking to a therapist so well you have to understand that a lot of times the fear comes from what we've been taught again what's been instilled in us and let me be clear um I'm not just bashing just the way that we were brought up. Our parents, our grandparents, our great grandparents, they did with the best they could based on what they knew. And to be honest, so some decades back, they could not. They couldn't get help. They couldn't reach out to anyone. And they darn sure couldn't tell them what was going on in True. their house yep. without being, you know, uh, basically crucified for mm -hmm. it. But unfortunately, um, others saw that vulnerability in us. And they used it against us. So the don't talk thing started protecting predators. It started protecting people that are abusers. It started mm. protecting and, and it started protecting some of the trauma that we experienced. And that's the issue. So when you tell somebody to go talk to a stranger and tell them their business, that's not always going to be um, welcomed. I've had people whose parents and family have accosted them like, what you doing? Mm -hmm. When they found out they was in therapy, like literally offended. They were offended <laughs> that this person was in therapy. You know what I'm saying? So it's really a matter of a threat. Anytime we see a threat, we triggered, we go respond. Mm -hmm. And so it's like that battle that that person is going through on, should I talk to them? I mean, I know I was told, you don't tell them and I'll be honest with you, you know, sometimes, unfortunately, the older people have had bad experiences with other people of other cultures. So they're like, you don't tell them anything. Yeah, for sure. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so once you get past that and mm -hmm. realize that we have to understand, and that's why mindfulness is important. Acknowledge who you are today. You are no longer that little girl, that little boy without the ability to make decisions for yourself. So you can sit there and let those old uh concepts and whatever guide you mm -hmm. and stay in the space that you're in or realize that that served us then and now this is a new day so now i need to do what serves me now you know what i'm saying and so unfortunately because of what you're describing some people don't show up until they feel like they have nowhere else to go mm. sometimes they don't get help until they have hit what we call sometimes rock bottom you know some people don't come to therapy until they unfortunately end up in like inpatient 
you know, and I say unfortunate, but fortunately, because they get stabilized and then they realize, okay, that literally interrupted my life. Like I literally had to miss work for this. You know, I literally had to get somebody to watch my kids because I was in here because, you know, or whatever. And so it's like, okay, I need to do something. So, you know, sometimes adversity does bring people in. But at the end of the day, I'm going to be honest, I fear more of living an unhappy life than I do fear talking to somebody about what's going on. And we are bound by law, mm. by the way. I always tell my clients, if I say I'm not going to tell your business, I mean it. Yep. We are bound by law not to tell. There are some exceptions to that rule. Your therapist will tell you what that is. But ultimately, ventilation is beneficial. Okay. okay? Getting it out sometimes does help. But making sense of it as well helps also. So you don't have to keep on venting about something. You can actually just stop experiencing it. If you fear therapy or you just feel like you just want to try it out, but you're not sure if you want to uh, adhere to the financial obligation, if you have insurance, check with your insurance company, check with your HR department for your EAP benefits, employee assistance program. Every employee assistance program I've ever heard of has some behavioral health component to it. Okay. Some of them approve three and some as high as six sessions a year. That'll give you enough time to try it out and see how you feel about it. Three and sessions, that's enough? Three to six. Just okay. to get your feet wet Okay. see how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. No and doubt. you may decide afterwards, I would like to continue this. Or you might be like, nah, I'm good on it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So just, you know, try it out. But ultimately, please do your research, y'all. Look into it for yourself. Don't let somebody else tell you what their experience was and let that dictate what you do. Mm, true that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So, yeah. That's it. Um. So if people want to reach out to you again before we end the show, how... Because people was like, yeah, man, she hey, she's speaking that gospel. So if people want to hit you because you do virtual appointments also, right? Yes. Yes, so, I do. So how can they hit you again? Uh, after, you know, I will tag you. I will tag you into post, but just in case. Okay. So, again, any of the media, social media pages at the Road Center BMT. Mm. Um, the TikTok is being developed right now, so I'll be looking out for that. For sure. Um, I am going to be holding what I call tea time. So that'll be coming up with more details when the journal drops. No doubt. And that'll be a time to actually teach you how to use the journal and get the fullest uh, benefit from it. Mm. And then ultimately just candid conversations. And then, fingers crossed, when the podcast drops, mm -hmm. <laughs> we'll be discussing more uh, just to put information out there, have real people talk about real things associated with it to make people more comfortable mm -hmm. with just the whole topic of mental health. Right. So yeah. as long as you follow on the social medias, I post everything there. But if you want a more professional and private experience, go to the website at www.therosecenter-bmt.com. Dot com again that is www.therosecenter-bmt.com so the rosecenterbomat.com there you can actually join the website you can fill out contact information and it'll send it directly to me and then we can move forward through that route as well 
I do cash pay and I do accept some insurances as well. Okay. So she only accept all the insurance. Y'all better come with it. All There's right. A lot of insurances out there. A lot of bootleg insurances. We ain't accepting that bootleg insurance. So get y'all insurance straight. That is not right. what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. She okay. It's a lot of insurance out there. So there make so. sure your insurance and stuff like that is is good to go with hers. And, yeah, I'm Blue Cross Blue Shield. You know, okay, for sure. Yeah, Blue Cross. Yeah, Blue Cross Blue Shield. I'm Evernorth. I'm United Healthcare. Okay, so all right. That's three. yeah. That's some main ones right there. You know there. what I'm saying? But I'm just I'm not Edna. Edna be tripping sometimes. Edna. Okay, all right. I don't think I ever had Edna, but I heard it before or whatever. Yeah, so. and honestly, and I I mean this without sincerity. I do also serve. Uh, our population that has uh, some of the Medicaid plans as well, traditional mm. Medicaid, community health choice, any of the Medicaid plans that are associated with Blue Cross Blue Shield, United Healthcare and Cigna as well, uh, Superior Health Plan, I'm Better. Those are also uh, marketplace slash Medicaid plans too. So I am in the mix with them as well. That's what's up, man. Hey, look, if y'all missed any of this show, I always say it. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it. I mean, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Anything that you can listen to a podcast on, I'm on there or whatever. But if you missed the show, like I said, you can watch it again on Facebook or you can go watch it again on YouTube and stuff like that, man. But we finna get out of here. We appreciate y'all for tapping in, for asking the questions. This is Mental Health Month. So, man, y'all just pay attention to your friends, y'all family, keep in check. And uh, and stuff like that. And if y'all have any more questions, then y'all could just hit up my uh, my co-host Trina, and you can hit up a page, and y'all could just rock out from then and there. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway, man, I appreciate y'all. I hope y'all have a great weekend. And we gonna be doing this again next Friday. You know what I'm saying? So tap in with your boy, man. Y'all be safe. Y'all be blessed, and y'all be 100. All right, we done. <laughs>